This is The Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. We are back talking about Loki, the penultimate episode of season two. The episode title is Science Slash Fiction. Uh, I am one of your hosts. My name is Darren Scalamoni. I am joined by Michael Peniston. Hello, everybody. Again, happy to be back. We are approaching the finale, not only of season two of Loki, but something that could sort of catapult us into the next section phase of getting answers within the MCU. Yes. So yes. I think that the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is at the conclusion of this episode without get diving too deep into spoilers yet. What are what's your thought process in terms of what this potentially can set up for Loki as a character going forward? Because the one thing I really loved about this episode, which we've talked about throughout the weeks, this is like the first episode this season that is so Loki centric, mm-hmm. but it works perfectly in my opinion, in terms of the way the story was going, even though we sort of predicted something different last week, we thought we were going to go in the Victor timely direction. We kind of go back to the Loki part of it. So <laughs> give me, give me your thoughts. Yeah. So I feel like this episode definitely set Loki up into a, uh, a place where he is becoming one of the most powerful people in the MCU. Um, uh, I know that there is a specific comic strip. I don't know if we want to get into it this early. Um, that I, I kind of looked up and I saw a little bit of it, but I know that there is a comic strip where he becomes the god of stories. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yes. yes where basically um, he encounters some sort of. Basically, he decides that he's tired of becoming of being this villain, um, and uh, he encounters some sort of magical cube sort of thing i forget that's a bad explanation of that but (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) um it gives him that that same ability to be able to time warp and time slip everywhere oh interesting so he decides that he wants to rewrite mcu stories how he sees it to uh to be in his eyes and so i don't know i feel like he's kind of we're kind of setting him up to be a mixture of that god of stories but also he who remains i honestly think that loki is becoming now trying to rewrite it so that he becomes the he who remains of the mcu in the sacred timeline exactly honestly i don't even think that it's necessarily on him to rewrite i think that he's just that's his place i think that he's falling into that place with everything going on um we can get into that more but i just feel like again this episode it it set up a lot for loki's character and it really played more into this heroic side of of loki that we've. i would i would agree with that i need to i need to Get your sources. I want to know where you read all about that. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I, I didn't even know any of that. Um, <laughs> yes. But let's dive. Let's dive in. So, <clears throat> basically, this the multiverse is degrading. Like every single episode, we're seeing things completely. I mean, the temporal loom explodes at the end of last week's episode, um, and we get the cutaway. We get basically uh, a cliffhanger going into this episode, mm-hmm. and we are left to wonder seriously like what happened with everyone in the TVA because we don't even really get an explanation of that. We just start to see Loki time slipping again. And the thing, the big central part of this episode, the theme is that Loki's trying to start to become in control of his time slipping and being able to control where he's time jumping to. Something you just alluded to, that would be an incredibly useful and powerful technique and power going forward in the MCU, especially with a villain in the same realm as someone like Kang or he who remains or Victor timely, all of them. Mm-hmm. So Loki becomes the focus of this episode. So much of it is we start to see him time slipping. Uh, and I love how they start to have these great, very separate and different moments with all 
his friends, all these characters in different branch timelines, right? We get Eugene um, in Alcatraz escaping. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you saw it because I actually saw this in one of the uh, videos um, that that's based on like a real guy that escaped Alcatraz. And they show like the paper mache head on the bed, like when they were escaping and things like that's all based in real historical fact. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bad. Loki's been playing a lot into this. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. who did that? What was the guy? Um, I forget his name now. The, the dude that they did it in season one where he jumps out of the airplane um, with the glasses. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, D.B. Cooper, D. B. right? D.B. Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do. They've they've been known to do this throughout the series. Mm -hmm. So they do that with Eugene's character. It leads to some some nice, funny moments. The other two guys, too, who were bringing the boat out with him were actually the directors of the episode, which no is way, cool. Justin really? Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Oh, yeah. Wow, OK. So you get some cool cameos there. Then he jumps to 2012 uh, in New York. B-15 is a nurse. So uh, he gets to see her. We get our amazing moment that we've been waiting for forever where Mobius is on a jet ski, yes, which was yes. <laughs> which was awesome. And we uh, obviously we get to see OB. Uh, I believe it's the 1990s. He's like a famed like sci-fi writer, but he well, he's not famed at that point. He's like trying to make money based on his sci-fi novels. But you see Loki sort of time jumping into these different places and I'm curious with all these branch timelines and things too, now that he's able to time jump, do you have a theory on how we're able to bring it all back together to the sacred timeline? And do you think we get that by the wrap up of the season this week? Um, to be honest, no, I really don't have a theory as to how it could even be fixed at this point. It's such like a major thing and they played into so many attempts and so many, uh so many things and that need to be involved at this point that it's like you really just have no idea where it could go mm -hmm. at this point as far as fixing it um though i i i do think that there is chance that we can see that happen in this last episode i do think that we can see it get fixed i know that there is chance of a season three maybe coming out and like mm -hmm. there is the op the opportunity for um you know like them to be able to fix it in, in that season but i do think that they have the ability to do something maybe really cool and this alone is a theory of mine i guess where they could fix it um in this last episode and then a lot of the movies that we're going to see including avengers kang dynasty happened in between all of this basically like okay because the, the tva time works differently so it's yes. like maybe this has just been like the extent of like all of the future movies that we're about to be seeing mm. and so like that's where in my head i i could see maybe like they could fix it and like have that opportunity come mm. but i'm okay with them not fixing it because i agree so good that i think that i think what i'm expecting now i think there has to be mm -hmm some sort of cameo at the end of this season to kind of, we know the role that Loki's going to play in the larger MCU to an extent, but mm -hmm. we need to see how it's affecting everything else. Yeah. Cause right now we're still getting all these different branches of seeing things collapse now. Like we saw it in no way home. We saw it uh, in the end of Loki season one. We saw it in quantum mania. Uh, we, if you, I don't know if you've seen the most recent trailer for the Marvels, but there's a very similar thing that you see in when they're in space, you start to see things sort of branching off really? and you're seeing hexagons, which is similar to like the WandaVision thing. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. So again, they're all going to somewhat come together. We know that, but the one thing I'm looking for hopefully is, and I, like I said, I thought I saw this as a rumor online that the TVA is going to be very heavily involved in Deadpool, <clears throat> Deadpool three. So if that is the case, 
because pretty much it's it's all but confirmed that what that movie is going to be is Deadpool and Wolverine kind of killing the Fox universe. Like that's what they're doing, but it's going to fuck up a lot of things in the in the sacred timeline. How is Loki going to be able to get there to try to get them on board going forward with Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars? I don't know how we get Deadpool at the end of this in particular. I don't know how it fits. <laughs> at all. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I don't know who else we'd be able to get at this point. Like who do you like? I can't even think right now. Uh, um, I mean, I do think that um, in the event that they don't fix things in this next episode, um, they have the ability with Loki's character. Um, another thing that they can do is make him that lead for the multiversal Universal Avengers, and mm. he has to kind of go scout a lot of those. Oh, that's a good out. point. And so, I don't know. I feel like um, you think maybe he jumps into where scott is yeah grab scott lang I, he's the only yeah. one that up the top of my head would make the most sense yeah yeah i, I don't know i kind of i kind of lost it no i know it's hard, it's but, well it's, yeah. it's hard so much of the series again plays in space and time yeah mm-hmm. and that's big for the future of the mcu in this multiversal sort of saga at the same time mm-hmm. um what did you think of uh the mobius jet ski moment was it a was it a payoff for you was it something because they tease it the whole season one uh they talk about it a little bit earlier on in this season but he's not fully on a jet ski he's not in the water but we see him working at the jet ski store was that a was that a payoff for you it was a payoff to a degree i think that um and maybe i'm not the only one but i did want a little bit more I was thinking, oh, maybe Mobius was living this like cool, outrageous life, you know? <laughs> like, He's like so, a bachelor. Exactly. Doing his thing. <laughs> right. um, but I mean, it was still wholesome to see like, oh, okay, this is just a dad, you know, that's like, you know, he owns the store and like he's passionate about it and and that was another thing that i thought was really cool not only with Mobius' character but seeing all three um, characters in their own sort of all oh, four characters, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Sort of um, like just because I feel like it. Their characters in their own um, timelines still played a lot into, or at least still honed into a lot of the traits that we've seen their characters at the TVA had. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like it was really apparent through Mobius. Um, I could go into each of those characters honestly. Like I feel like um, B fifteen. Like you saw like the with when she was a nurse. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's very helpful. Um, or Boris um just obviously his wittiness with the, the side and his genius his like genius. the the ability when they start to show um i love the the humor that comes in the scene too when loki's trying to convince mobius to come with him mm-hmm. and obi walks through the time door and he's like dude it took you like 10 minutes he's like no it's taking me like 19 months i lost my wife he's like he's like i did all this yeah. He goes, yeah i thought that was a great moment and they, they they do a really good job in this episode of playing within the comedy and the drama yeah. like like so much it, it's weird because in terms of the timeline of the episodes, mm-hmm. it feels like an early season one episode, like before we dive into the darker stuff. Yeah. But they leave a lot of room for Owen Wilson and Kihoi Kwan, especially to play around with how good of comedic actors they are. And they do. Honestly, especially this season, I feel like Owen Wilson's character, um, especially is just like one liners. They just kind of gave him that ability mm-hmm. to do that because he has said so many things that have just been like. That's not Mobius. That's just like Owen Wilson acting. Just wow. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Loki. It was really nice of you to say something. Like that. <laughs> that was on, great. Spot on. Awesome. But no, but um, but yeah, no. I just I feel like again, the, seeing Mobius and all these characters in their in their own sort of setting, it, it was rewarding just to see 
them outside of the TVA in that own light. And we, again, I wish there was a little bit more to yeah. Mobius's specific individual story. Um, but I'm happy with what it is. And also, I feel like it played more into his his uncertainty about the going off and joining Loki and everything just because he had a family and yeah. everything. And so, I don't know. That whole story, I felt like fit. It fit yeah, character. I agree. I, I think this is one of the episodes of the season that I wanted a little bit more from. Like in terms of runtime too, yeah. I wanted to like give me an additional six to seven minutes of stuff, and let's let's sort of fill it up. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite part of the episode has to be the chat that Sylvie and Loki have eventually. So Loki's time slipping mm-hmm. everywhere for the audience, mm-hmm. uh, and he gets uh, back to Sylvie, and he's surprised that Sylvie is aware of who he is because obviously everybody else does not know who he is. And uh, he's like, I want to say, like, we need your help. We got to save the multiverse. We need to get this done. And she's like, still like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> she's like, I'm, I'm back where I belong. I'm at McDonald's. It's the 80s. I'm doing my thing. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, you need a drink. Come on. Because he starts time slipping again. And I love uh, how everyone in the environment around her is aware of who she is and is comfortable with who she is, like the bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get that great moment of clarity and sort of character transformation of loki finally confirmed through this line of dialogue where she's like why do you want to save the tva like what what purpose will this serve for you and he's like well we got to save the multiverse like this is what i want to do and she's like that's bullshit mm-hmm. what do you actually want to do it for mm-hmm. and he's like i miss my friends he like freaks out and he's like i miss my friends mm-hmm. it's like loki's always been that character that for so much he's been the runt and he's a villain for so much of the mcu but you see in these moments in ragnarok with his brother thor and you see uh in the last two seasons of loki that he has a obvious soft side to him and i think that transition of what you talked about earlier to the god of stories would be something that uh storyline wise would make sense but also the way his character is developing i hope they go in that direction because He's redeemed so much, in my opinion, Loki, throughout the two seasons. Mm. And it's interesting because it's like how much of that will play within the main MCU when we get back there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, first of all, in the, the Loki's dead, technically. This is an older version of him. Mm-hmm. Producer Liz is probably like, what is going on right now? I don't understand any of this. <laughs> but so this version of Loki is it's going to be like if and when him and Thor reunite. Like, what is that going to look like? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, honestly, I feel like that that whole that whole part of the fact that it's the, the Loki from the first Avengers movie, I feel like plays a, a major part into to all of this just because there are a lot of key things that that Loki that died experienced and everything. And so to to know that also to see where this loki is and the role that he's playing and just the ambitions that he's going for knowing that he's coming from that early on in the MCU too is like is already crazy enough to see um but it's again like knowing that that's still that loki that still hasn't fully experienced the things even thor has experienced yeah so like that is that that re- reunion is definitely going to be something just because now at this point they've both gone through their own sort of story they've all they separately yeah um and they have a lot that i feel like i don't know has kind of made them to where they are i don't know i just feel like it, it's going to be a good reunion but it's just going to be a very they're both going to be very shocked I yeah i i think so. i think there's an element of it to a lesser degree that it'll be similar to the Tony uh, Steve thing in Endgame because they had gone mm. so long without seeing each other, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and then you get those moments uh, that's such a good scene dude like i love endgame so much the more i like think back on it it's like when he's like no we lost like <laughs> yeah. it's just like holy shit yeah. dude. rdj re- is so good at i rewatched that the other day i was just like yo endgame was crazy and then i just watched it on my phone like, yeah like just it's amazing just kind of, one of my favorite movies ever but that so that loki and thor coming back together there's going to be an element of that where i feel like even loki he's going to be like, no, you're not understanding me. Like there is a multiversal war happening. And, and Thor's going to be like, yeah, but like Jane had cancer. (laughs) It's going to be like, wait, what? Like what the fuck is happening? So there will be, there will be an element of that. And like you said, him leading the multiversal Avengers would be really cool. Mm. I think it would make a lot of sense. Um, So curious how they start to bring in some of those, uh, these other people like Nova, I feel like still needs to be a part of that. Like who else would even fit there besides like Ant-Man right now? I don't know. Like, shang chi doesn't really fit that to me i mean captain marvel potentially um but um, i don't know i really don't know either to be honest like and there's there's so many now and like then there's so many more coming that i know like you really i don't know it's it's hard to tell and so and there's like especially now that we're branching more into like this like galaxy sort of you know there's all these different like, sectors dude it's exactly. so it, it's it's part of it this is a larger Marvel conversation, but I guess we'll nerd out for a little bit. It's becoming so hard to navigate yeah. because they're not actually separating it the way that they have previously. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So much of it was fitting in one timeline. Now we have the, I think the big thing that is going to benefit them in the long run is when they finish this saga, I feel like he's going to be able to snap his fingers and just start over. And I think that him being able to do that, especially with so much of it, I think is going to be like fantastic Four and X-Men centered and forward Mm -hmm. that uh, there's already the reports and the rumors out. If you guys haven't already seen it, that like RDJ and Chris Evans have practically already signed on for secret wars. So if that's happening, like I think that's what everybody assumed was going to happen anyway. Like I think that movie is going to be, the only thing that could top Endgame mm. in this current era, like you're going to bring in Toby, you're going to bring in Hugh Jackman, you're going to bring in everybody. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they have to lean on that so heavily because the lead up is not paying off the same way the first three phases did mm-hmm. is troubling. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know where they go from there. Loki has been one of the better projects mm-hmm. in recent memory. So we'll we'll stay on topic with that. But Sylvie and Loki, uh, we get that scene. So Sylvie basically leaves Loki after that scene at the bar. And we get the scene where she starts to go back to live her life and she goes to the record store. Oh, I want to know crazy I want to know your I want to know your opinion on that scene because that scene to me was so cool and so interesting visually yes. and story-wise. So I'm curious on, on your thoughts on that. Um, you know, visually for me, that scene, that scene is what really did it. I I think it was I'm just loving um, this approach at destroying these this, these worlds. The you know? spaghettification. Yeah, it's become you know? a verb now. Essentially, and, yeah, and not even just that. Like even like going calling back to uh, Infinity War when they would like all disappear and like just the way that they choose to like let these things die and like kind of like fade and stuff like that is just really cool. Um, but I coming from it also just a music you know, loving background. I feel like having it be in the record store and having it be in like a moment where you can, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) having it be in like a moment where uh, she put the headphones on and she was so submersed, you know, that's like a real moment where it's like, you're just not even like, like in tune of your surrounding, what's going on and everything. And 
to have the world completely be falling apart as you're kind of just like meditating on like oh shit like what like the things that she's really been going on and like even the moment where he was like running to like grab her and then like he faded away yeah yeah. you know i don't know it just felt really real this whole episode felt like a callback to infinity war and so i don't know like i feel like anytime you see something like that it's always going to come with some sort of hard-hitting like oh wow like this is this is happening yeah a big emotional push but it was just again it was just cool to to have it be in like a no doubt like the music kind of being in like involved and like again I, i'm a big music fan so i just like the approach admitting those two together with the visual yeah i think screen crush talked to about how using the record as like another variation of like a loop mm-hmm. like a time loop within this whole season mm-hmm. so the way that they i that's the one thing i do really still to this day respect so much about like the easter eggs and things in marvel like how much time and thought must go into like the way you frame something to make sure that there's an Easter egg there and, and the way that there's so, so many, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so many callbacks even within things you wouldn't expect that have to do with time and space in and out of the TVA with this series, which I think makes it really pivotal um, in terms of the care that kind of goes into something like this versus something where maybe the care wasn't the same for another film or something else that is like She-Hulk, for example. It's like you could tell that there were issues with the CGI and the movie ballooned in terms of cost because nobody was fucking paying attention. Like, you know what I mean? So that's Loki still doing its thing. Um, and you're right. The, the sort of Senate, um, the parallels to infinity war were really cool in that scene as well. After that, we basically have the call. Um, she uses her temp pad. She opens the time door. She reunites with everybody and we start to see everybody else, uh, spaghettify around him. Uh, all these people are spaghettiing everywhere. And uh, it's a really pivotal emotional moment for him because he's trying everything he can to sort of save these people. And it's a callback to earlier in the episode when Obi is like, we got to figure out how you can control this because there's got to be a way you can control this. Mm -hmm. And he finally gets to that moment, which we talked about a little bit earlier on. That was such a pivotal push um, in terms of his character and visually how they did that. Um, I'm curious on... Basically, what did you think of that sequence as well as like the way they were able to wrap up this whole story where you're jumping different branch timelines throughout the episode? And for someone who obviously we we follow along, but it could be complicated, but they do it in a way that is, I think, probably the most simple that Loki's been this season in terms of the way that they explain things. It's like the most cookie cutter, simple way to explain things to people. So what did you think of of the execution in that? Um, I definitely think the execution was powerful. I think it delivered. Um, it, uh, I, again, that, that whole moment, I, that moment especially felt like the Infinity War moment, more so because we were watching Loki alone now um, and everyone disappearing, and that was even one of his biggest fears. Like, it was a callback to even what he said, like, I don't want to lose my friends. Yeah. And, like, now he's, like, really seeing it. And so it was powerful in that sort of um, moment, um, but it, was powerful also in the sense of like we saw him control it and that's when we realized that it was the who and he even said that it was like it's it's not about the where or the why it's about the who Mm. um and that just had an even more sort of powerful undertone hearing how much his friends were meant to him and hearing all that um visually again this scene i just feel like this season has been honestly hitting it visuals all around Mm -hmm. um and it's like the having like this like 
dark sort of element and like seeing these things i don't know that worked for me really a lot it worked it really worked for me too um but as far as his time slipping um and him being able to control it i feel like that i don't want to say i'm 50 50 on it i love the direction that he's going and i love that like that moment like we really got to see oh snap like loki is like powerful god of stories something's coming something you know he who who remains something of that nature is coming but i had no idea what's happening you know i have and like again it was another sort of moment where like we saw him cut back to that moment and then it ended and it's like they're they've been so good with these cliffhangers yeah like that it's like i don't know i and like Maybe it's and this is me just because like even in the last episode I had fifteen million theories and then like so like in like an instant they'll be quick to like cut a theory off. Mm-hmm. Um but I just like his time slipping is confusing me. Maybe that's what it is. It's confusing me a little bit and it's causing me to think all these things. I want an answer. I want an answer quick. Um because I I just genuinely don't know where it could like I understand that him being able to jump anywhere and do anything like that is awesome and that that could do a lot for the story moving forward i'm just wondering what yeah well because we also only have one episode left so how much of is the story moving forward i i think so much of it plays back to when we talked about in the first episode about how ob they were like smart in naming the character ob based on orboros which is a snake eating its own tail all of this is looping everything is based in looping yeah there's a theory that I somewhat agree with, but again, I, I feel similar to you where it's like, I don't necessarily 100% know where they're going to go with it. Yeah. The way that I can anticipate, in my opinion, is that I think that we're going to end up by the end of this uh, season, we're going to end up at the very beginning of where we ended up in season one. And I think the whole thing is going to be a loop. Now, I don't know exactly where his character is at that point. He might be an employee of the TVA rather than somebody they're bringing in to try to prune and try to question but i think that so much of it is going to be based in rebuilding the tva with loki being a very big part of it going forward Mm -hmm. and all these characters are going to be aware of who he is and they're all going to be aware of who the problem is Mm -hmm. so i again so much of it is just looping so much of it is just like preparing the viewer for understanding how to get like basically preparing us to get Loki to this point, because I do think the God of stories theory holds a lot of weight because it gives you that very obvious tonal shift of a character. You're seeing a complete transformation going from the God of mischief where he's literally wanting to kill thousands of people in New York to this version of the character that wants to be a part of the solution of saving the world, because that's what he's going to have to be ultimately because of the impact that Kang is going to have. The other thing I had seen was that um, some industry people were saying this is, I guess, in a negative way on Marvel, but with the way that this season ends, they're like, if things go wrong with Jonathan Majors, Marvel is fucked. So in that case, it makes me feel again, I think we might just wind up looping even it might be the end of season one rather than the end of uh, the beginning of season one where we time loop back and he's aware of Kang is like the figurehead everywhere, but maybe everybody else is also aware of it at this point. Because remember, he gets there and he's like, you're not understanding. This is he who remains. And Moby's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is like what we're used to. You remember that? At the end of season yeah. one? Oh, wow. So yeah. it could be a huge loop bringing us back to that point, but now everyone else around him is aware. 
Wow. Okay. So okay. that's that's the way that I would like to think that it could go. Um, but he will establish himself. This is basically him establishing himself without being told that he is the god of stories. I think you're right. I think this was the transformation in seeing him have um go from an antagonist to a protagonist within the current mcu mm -hmm. that's that's my theory on it that's a good theory that's a really good theory time looping is still confusing me a little bit um to the same degree i'm sure it's confusing you, you know, i think it's I think being it's a... treated as like a human tempad yeah like i think he just has the ability now that he can control where he's going when he's going yeah. he's just a time traveler that's like what his ability is, and he doesn't need a temp pad. He could just do it himself now, mm -hmm. um, which I think goes back to our original point, which makes him such a powerful character going forward because who the fuck else has the ability to do that? Mm -hmm. Like in Endgame, we see that they have to build this whole system and this this machine to go back in time. Loki has the ability to do that whenever now, so we think. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is your head all jumbled after this episode? It is. It is. It's. It's a little more jumbled after this conversation too. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh wow, I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> oh no, I. It was. It was a good episode, but again, it's like they. The way that Marvel has played with time this season is like it's almost. It's like I've never seen it be done before, to be honest, and I think that's why it's confusing me too. Like it's almost like time. They took time and said, I'm trying to think of like a funny <laughs> quote now. I can't. They just fucked up time. Yeah, no, know. for sure. At least my thinking of time. I don't know. And so I I don't know. This this season is and that's honestly and it, it's it's that's it's a it's more of a compliments to them like me saying this just because the the way that they were able to do this this season is just like crazy. And to think that like if your theory is true or they are able to like loop it back and something like that, like like I'm still trying to wrap my round around how like that could work. I, I don't even know how you'll feel. Like as a you viewer, know? it's hard to like you end season one on that was a big cliffhanger yeah, because yeah. you kill he who remains and then you look around and you see Jonathan Major's head everywhere and you're like, where are we going with this? Mm -hmm. And then you see Victor Timely, you don't see he who remains at all really. And you get these pockets of Miss Minutes, you get pockets of Ravona, you get the new character in OB. But there are moments in the season where you see a really great dynamic of developing, like character and developing, like you said, the way that they structure things through time and space. There are other moments, though, where it's like, like we talked about last week, we, you mostly, but I agree with you that I would love to see it, speculated that episode five could potentially be like a standalone for Victor timely. We haven't seen Victor timely at all. We haven't seen miss minutes at all. Again, we haven't seen Ravona and miss minutes dies. And like I told you last week's episode, Loki's Instagram has this huge push where they're like access denied access denied. Mm -hmm. So they're holding everybody back from this finale. There's a lot riding on it, not only to wrap up this series, but to wrap up and sort of, like we said, catapult you into this, next section of what the mcu is going to be with a lot of current articles going around of jeremy allen white going to marvel meetings and saying i don't want to be a part of it and there's people in the industry that are saying marvel is in a bad state so i'm curious i i i, I didn't i totally didn't dislike this episode at all but so much hinges on 
where we end up at the finale of this. And that is a blessing and a curse for Marvel. It has been for a very long time. And now they're in a very interesting spot because even diehards like us are confused as fuck. <laughs> like we're like, so wait, where are they going with this? Like, how can they potentially do this? And so much of it is based in theory, yeah. but you don't want to have us both so confused leading into your final episode. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. There's also a lot of states on this last episode simply because, and you kind of addressed it earlier in this conversation, but just like the run that Marvel's had with these last few projects and the success that Loki's had, you know, like if this last episode after all this success is now a letdown, God forbid, and then we're kind of back on this run of everything not being too good, then it's like, I don't know. I don't know. You're right. Loki, there's a lot of states I feel like Loki, Loki has. And so, yeah. And the next two Marvel projects on the calendar are ones that are already getting negative acclaim. Like the Marvels is one that people don't think is going to make a lot of money. Uh, she's not a character that's beloved. Brie Larson doesn't really like working for Marvel. Mm -hmm. That's very much obvious. So that's a problem. And Echo, I don't know if you saw the trailer for Echo. I thought the trailer was great. Yeah, the trailer looked kind of cool. But the thing is, it's never a good sign when a studio decides to drop. In the current climate, even though it's always changing with streaming, mm -hmm. dropping off. Marvel's never dropped all five episodes of a show ever. And they're doing that with Echo. Oh, so, yeah, all five episodes drop the same day. And they're going to be on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. And they're starting this whole Marvel spotlight division, which is all TVMA stuff to sort of lean into the street level and the daredevil and the Punisher and hopefully Spider-Man. But that's not a great sign, right? Like based in the way the industry works, that's not a great sign for Marvel to do something like that. So if Loki does not hit at the end of this season, which is this upcoming Thursday, then they're going to be in some deep shit. They are. They are. It's, it's not a good sign that they're doing that. I do think for a show like that, it's for the best. Mm -hmm. Just because I can't, I don't think they can count, especially with these last two projects and with the the fall of a lot of the fan base. I feel like they can't depend on... The week to week? Yeah, yeah. for a lot of these. Not, at least not all of these projects. Yeah. You know, with the, the quantity that they want to put out... You know, it made sense to do something like that, at least for these, like you said, these spotlight sort of projects. Yeah. You know, just because what audience are you really going to have at that point? That's true. Like building, yeah. building up, you know, to an end. We'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see. We'll see. I and hope we get some answers. I'm going to say we'll get some answers. You have any final thoughts or just we'll just wait till the next week? We'll I see what happens. got to wait. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, All right. I'm jambled up here <laughs> so all right guys hopefully you were able to keep up with loki episode five and be able to keep up with our conversation uh if you guys haven't already please like and subscribe to the channel let us know your thoughts on the episode and even more so let us know your thoughts on the mcu going forward very curious to see what you guys think are you still as big of fans as you used to be are you sort of trending downward like most people are let us know. If you're not a fan of Marvel at all, also let us know that. Um, if you guys don't already, be sure to follow us at Cinema Wave Media on Instagram. We are also on TikTok and Facebook. You can also follow us at underscore Culture Wave Media on Instagram. Just signing off, I am Darian Scalamoni. I'm Michael Penniston. And we'll see you guys next time.